Welcome back to hour two of the WRSU crew here. Final hour of the Tuesday show. Jake Schmidt, Dylan Allen, and Chris Sakonis simultaneously going on with our production of this show right now is the NHL uh, draft, which got underway 14 minutes ago at 7. The Rangers had the first pick yet, and they're expected uh, to draft uh, Lafreniere, the top, the consensus number one pick there. But, you know, Devils Devils picking at seven. They have three picks. They have not traded away their other picks, which, Chris, I was frankly a little surprised they didn't trade away their later picks, honestly. You're talking about the Devils now? Yeah, I didn't. I was surprised they didn't trade. They didn't get a package deal for a prospect or so, no, or maybe a I, mid-level player. I don't think that would have been a good move. Look, you've got multiple first-round picks. You're a team that, you know, has been in rebuild mode for a few years now, notwithstanding that one uh, playoff run. Uh, for the most part, you spend the better part of the decade outside of the playoff picture. You need to add talent that can contribute relatively quickly to your organization. And I think the Devils are saying, look, we've got multiple first-round picks. We should just take what we can get from those. I think they have a couple good options at seven, uh, especially uh, at defenseman spot. I don't think they should take Oskarov at seven. I think no. that uh, drafting a goaltender would be very risky. And I that that's sort of where I am as a double fan, but I am excited to see what this new front office can put together in the draft. Yeah, a lot of teams have been making uh, noise recently. Um, today has been like a chock full of uh, transactions. The Canadians two hours ago traded Max Domi to Columbus for winger uh, Josh Anderson. Domi had a significant time uh, with the Canadians. He was uh, 17, 27, 44 uh, goals, assist points, and 71 games with the Habs. Uh, last year, but he only had three assists in their 10 postseason games. That was their unexpected uh, run as one of the bottom barrel teams, and I think that uh, Columbus is a good landing spot for him because Columbus made a little bit of a run themselves uh, in against Tampa, too. I think it's a good spot for him. I think it's a perfect landing spot for Max Domi. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised to see that, honestly. Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of movement in this draft uh, in the off season. And I'd like to see the devils really make a push to get, um, as much defensive talent and some offensive scoring talent on the wings. Uh, the acquisitions they made in free agency didn't really pan out last year with PK Subban and a couple others, but you know, hopefully, uh, they can turn a corner and make some smarter decisions this off season. And yesterday the sharks acquired uh Devin Dubnik, the, uh, Minnesota wild goalie, uh, and a 2022 uh, seventh rounder in exchange for a fifth rounder in 2022. Uh, for that one, you know, he has one season left on the sixth year. Minnesota was definitely looking uh, to dump him. And I think that that's really what we saw with um, really with uh, with how he played. You know, he wasn't they didn't really really relying on him. Um, he didn't really the wild. They didn't really have a good season. Um, they've been they got Kakinen, So he's been playing very well. So they have a, uh, they've got a very uh, thorough team, and I don't think they don't really need Dubnik anymore. So that was just you know getting rid of that, dumping that extra year onto the Sharks. What do you think of that trade, the Dubnik one? Uh, I didn't even see that until you uh, you mentioned. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting move. Um, Off season is really heating up. It's going to be interesting to see teams have to make all these decisions in a 
pretty compressed time frame. I mean, you're looking at like uh, NHL says they want to play tentatively at the earliest December 1st, probably later on in December. You're looking at like a two, two and a half month off season to make all these moves. So things are going to move pretty quick all around the league. And just a minute ago, they tweeted out the NHL Players Association. They target, they tweeted out that the NHL PA and the the league themselves are announcing they want to target January 1st for the start of the 2021-21 oh, regular season. I wanted December hockey. I'm no, it's January now. 1st. That's what they just said a minute oh, ago. Man. All right. All right. We'll get hockey. I'm not complaining. And the NBA, too, might come up at the same time frame as well. I mean, who knows? We might not even have Christmas basketball, which would be a shame. Yeah, I'm always oh, a yeah, fan of those Christmas, Christmas jerseys. Basketball would be awful. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that, well, here's what they should do now. College basketball has to go all in and get, like, as many quality league matchups on Christmas Day as possible. Or even some non-conference. Like, imagine watching a Seton Hall game on Christmas Day. You know, they can release, like, some special uh, jerseys for both sides. Or Rutgers-Syracuse. You know, on national TV. Or, or Rutgers-Syracuse. I feel like yeah, that would be a better even, option. like, you know, Rutgers-Maryland or something like that. Like Yeah, like a rivalry local College game. basketball. Yeah. Um, college basketball is going to be the only other sport uh, up and running in December besides um, besides the NFL and, you know, of course, college football. Um, but Christmas is on a Friday, so uh, won't be a ton of NFL games or college football games to go up against. You know, that could be a golden opportunity for college hoops to get some publicity that they normally wouldn't get. Yeah, and also, uh, interesting note, John Rothstein tweeted earlier that uh, several power conferences in college basketball power five are anticipating not having their league schedules set until at least november 1st i wonder if the big Ten's one of them i think they could be because they got to feel it yeah, out i mean wait. i would i would love to see christmas basketball at the rack i mean yeah it'll suck that there won't be any fans there but you know just to have them back on the floor will feel so good and especially on christmas that would be good or you could even split up the matchups between christmas eve and christmas day that would be incredible, too, because you could play some in the afternoon then, and then you could have a whole full slate of Christmas games, maybe like Michigan, Michigan State, exactly. or like Minnesota, Iowa. Just binge college hoops for 12 hours. Yeah, I wouldn't leave my couch. That that would be great. But here, yeah, it'll be interesting, too, because now, the yeah, there'll be a lot more publicity for college basketball, too. They're going to be the only one really going on with the NHL just starting with the draft, and then they have free agency starting up Friday at uh, noon, and then Unrestricted starts then. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this how this uh, sports world really uh, comes back to life in a sense. Yeah, and you know, talking about college hoops, I mean, I I want to see Geo back out there for one more time because you know he's a senior. Um, you know, I don't want to you know the season get canceled or anything like that, and him not be able to play. Uh, do you think if the if the season did get canceled though, that they would almost allow them to to fifth year? It next year or something like that or i think they'll i think they're going to extend the rule that they put for fall sports for winter sports right ncaa is going to vote on that i think i saw in the next week or so Sounds about right. like it wouldn't be fair uh to not give that to winter athletes because they're going to be dealing with a lot of the same uncertainties that uh football players have had to deal with i mean it looks more likely at this point that they're going to have a season which was not a guarantee for college football as late as august so I think giving players the option of an extra year of eligibility, even if you know not every program or not every player takes it, just giving that option will be the right thing to do. And I think that, hey, I mean, I would love to see Geo Baker come back for a fifth year. Are you kidding me? 
I mean, if Adam Charlambides can get 12 years with Rutgers lacrosse, he can get five well, with 24 at this like, point. Just, just keep doubling up the, the years for current, for COVID. But uh, it is official now. The Rangers <laughs> picked uh, Alexis Lafernier, number one overall pick, consensus Shocker. guy. Yeah, uh, he's been compared to Sidney Crosby um, by many of the uh, hockey analysts uh, across the board. You know, he's you know he was a CHL Player of the Year. He was the the juniors MVP in Quebec, and he's been the first back-to-back winner of both since Crosby. He won a gold medal uh, MVP at the World Juniors. I think this really helps the Rangers because they got Capocacco. Uh, they got him. You know, this is a good pick for the Rangers who just lost Henrik Lundqvist, and they bolster their offense immediately. Yeah, and, you know, don't forget, they, you know, they, Artemi Panarin signed a yeah. seven-year deal last year. Um, you, know, so, you know, they got six more years of Artemi. Uh, they still got Mika Sabenejad, who had a very good season last year, you know, up until it kind of it got canceled because of COVID. But, I mean, I remember watching games. He was scoring five goals on uh, Braden Holtby. I mean, he was he was at, like, a very high point in the league in terms of goal scoring. And, you know, we so, we, we got Jacob Truba back there as a defenseman uh, who we traded for a little while ago. And, uh, and you know, we got the new goalie, Igor Shesterskin. Uh, he should be pretty good, um, at least from what everyone's saying. Uh, it's sad to see Henrik uh, be uh, bought out, though. Yeah, and I heard one of the potential landing spots or a, and a front runner who's emerged is the Washington Capitals because Holpe is a free agent. He could, he looks like he'll walk. I mean, that's gonna be a little weird having Henrik Lundqvist being teammates with uh, Alexander Ovechkin, who's gone up against the Rangers so many times. Yeah, that's 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 a weird that's just, that's a weird thought to have in your mind. I mean, it's like you know, it's like a Rod if he got released by the Yankees signing a one year deal with the Red Sox or something. You know, you just can't. You look at it and it just looks funny. But at the same time, you know, I, t- I still think Henrik has the skill to play, even even though it's not, you know, at the high level like it used to be. Um, but I still think he has the potential to be a very good goalie in the NHL. It, you know, average goalie, whatever the case may be. I still think he has, you know, plenty left in the tank. Um, but I think the Rangers, you know, they finally said it was time to move on. He's been there forever. Um, you know, and they got Shesterskin, who they believe in. And, you know, he played pretty well last year, too, so... Uh, it, they just wanted to clear up cap space. They got rid of Mark Stahl, too. Um, that was much needed. Yeah, that was a long time coming as well. I mean... Even I, it, McDonough, too, earlier. McDonough, they got rid of McDonough, and they got rid of uh, old Callahan way back, yeah, before he yeah. retired, yeah. Yes, Foss, they got rid of a lot of people. Mika, not Mika, uh, Matt Zuccarello, who oh, was yeah. a very good player there, too. Yeah, he was they, a fan favorite. They got rid of, like, everybody. They, they cleaned house. So, I mean, they're... It's a good it's a good sign because they're they're not letting, you know, little things get in the way from where they want to be, you know, what I mean, like a guy like Henrik who's a fan favorite or even Zuccarello. They're not afraid to get rid of these guys to, you know, strive for the goal, uh which I feel like a lot of teams probably have problems with across any any sport if you really want to talk about it. It doesn't matter the age, it's just the legacy that they had in that franchise. They're just afraid to like kind of give it up. Um but uh but yeah. So I'm kind of excited for this next season, you know, with uh, Lafreniere. How do you pronounce his Lafernier. name? Lafreniere. Lafreniere. I'm kind of excited to see how he performs. I, I I can't imagine they'll put him on the first line, though, but to Maybe start like off. second or third and, you know, yeah. see what happens. You know, you got to think, though, Henrik Lundqvist definitely going to get his jersey retired. The most all-time wins with that franchise. He uh, he leapfrogged Mike Richter, who was the all-time leader before, and he, he really had a storied career with the Rangers. And I think Ranger fans, you know, 
if this, the, the, you know, if he, like, had to won a cup or a couple times, you know, they might even na- rename one of the streets after him outside of MSG or something like that. Because he's, he's such, you know, when you think of that franchise, you really think of Henrik Lundqvist. That's who you think of. But now it's going to be all these younger faces like Lafernier, you know, Artemi Panarin. You know, if he hasn't won a cup in Columbus, he wants to win one. That's why he came to the Rangers. Very appealing team for him. I'm going to say this about uh, the Rangers drafting Lafreniere. Um, obviously, I'm not happy that my team's biggest rival got uh, two really good prospects back-to-back years. Um, but I do like that it looks like both the Devils and the Rangers are trending up because the rivalry is just – when that rivalry is hot, and hasn't been the last couple of years, but when it's hot, it is arguably the most underrated rivalry in all of sports. Um, those Devils-Rangers games are electric – and look, I, I hope the Devils, you know, get their act together pretty soon. I think they will. But it, it looks like we're heading for another golden age uh, between all these young talents on both sides. So uh, I'm excited to watch that. And yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because there'll be a lot more young guys like, you know, Heeshear and Nikki, Nico Heeshear and Jack Hughes, the younger, the Devils players, the first round overall picks. You know, they got to try to find their footing. They're got to get into their prime, too. And once all these young guys like, Capo Caco and uh, Lafernier, Alexis Lafernier, and you still Panarin. Once like those guys get into their prime, it'll be a definitely a big rivalry that I could compare to like the Blackhawks and Red Wings when the Blackhawks and Red Wings had Taze in their prime and the Red Wings had Dick Lindstrom and they had Zetterberg in like 2008, 2009, 2010. Although all those teams always faced each other in the playoffs, it felt like in the conference finals, conference semis. So that can maybe even, you know, maybe down the road in three, four years, that's what happens with the Devils and Rangers. I could definitely see that as well. Or even the Islanders. The Islanders went far too uh this year in the postseason yeah they went a lot farther than i thought they would honestly um but you know going to what chris said about the old devils rangers games uh i remember when i was young, younger you know watching those games on tv you know kovalchuk that one year with the devils versus you know mcdonough callahan all those guys henrik you know they still had brodor right back then yeah 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 and yeah, those those were some really good games on tv i remember the uh the year the devils went to the Stanley Cup, they beat the Rangers in the playoffs. I don't know. I forget how many games it went, but... Six. It was uh, at the Rock, and that was that Adam Henrique goal. Oh, my God. That was yeah. phenomenal. I miss Adam Henrique so much. Yeah, he's I was in, talking he's about with... this with Baxter the other day. That was the worst trade the Devils could have made. Yeah, we were talking about like... that last Tuesday, I think, on air. Yeah. And what did we get for that trade? Sammy Votnin, tra- who's been the Hurricanes. Oh, my God. One of the best... One of, I, I mean, he's not like an all-time great. He's not like a Patrick Elias or someone of that stature. But he he has such a legacy with the franchise just for that goal alone. And, and he was a damn good center, too. Like, he was probably, and of course the team had fallen off a bit by the time they traded him, but he was probably like their uh, a top three option offensively for the Devils when they traded him away. And they didn't get what they hoped for in Sammy Vatanen, so... You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but the Devils definitely lost that trade. Yeah, they did. The uh, LA Kings just selected uh, Quinton Byfield, who they're supposed to be uh, selecting a center from the OHL. Uh, that's who they were looking at. That's who was expected uh, to go. He was the favorite. Um, you know, he had 82 points on 32 goals with the OHL, and he's 17. Or he was 17 then. Now he's 18. He's like one of the youngest players, and he's, he's going to become a major part of that future with the Kings. You know, they haven't been relevant since they won those two cups in 2012 and 2014 against the local teams the devils and the rangers respectively so that really uh helps them uh that aspect as well and they still have jonathan quick and kopitar on that team as well 
Do they yeah. still have Drew da uh, Drew Daughtry or Drew Dowdy? How do you pronounce it? Dowdy. Dowdy. Yeah. Do they still have him back there or? Because I remember he was very good back then too. Uh, very good defenseman. Yeah, they still have uh, him there. Yeah, he's a little bit older though. Uh, now he's yeah. I'm sure he's not. There. I'm sure yeah. he's not as good, but yeah, he was drafted in 08, uh, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, he's still there. They've got him. They've got Quick Kopitar. A lot of older guys. Dustin Brown. But they've got some uh, some younger guys as well. Uh, Adrian uh, Kempe, who was their first rounder in 2014. Uh, he's very young. He's very uh, capable. You know, Sean Walker at defense, also very young, drafted. Uh, draft a couple of years ago so they do have that um uh, a lot of young guys as well but they had Kovalchuk I think what was it Chris last year or something when Kovalchuk played in the NHL it was very oh, interesting that, that was sickening to watch that was like well first off the Devils had no business giving him a 15-year contract oh my like, gosh no they not would, at all. if he had saved the Devils we'd only be like halfway through his contract now and he's totally washed yeah I remember when that like, was the big thing yeah oh my god it was like it was like the Bobby Bonilla of hockey. Yeah, it was. Oh, my <laughs> God. Bobby Bonilla day. He wanted, I look forward horrendous. to every year. He wanted a 15-year deal? No, he got a 15-year deal. He got deal. it. Then he left to go to the KHL in Russia, his home his home uh, country. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, he, he even played with, like, the he was with the Thrashers before, before they were in the Winnipeg Jets, and then he played there. He played with Big Buff, Dustin Bufflin, and then he went – to New Jersey and went to the cup. And then that was the last time they went to the finals. It was 2012, eight years ago. I feel like the Rangers yeah. getting the first pick this year, it, it's, it's really going to jumpstart that team. Cause you kind of saw a preview last, last year uh, of what that team could be um, with Panarin and Zibanejad, you know, playing at such a high level like they were this year. And the fact that they got, the first pick this year, and they had the second pick last year. I just feel like you know they're almost cutting a line in the uh, the re the rebuild process here, and I feel like they you know they could be uh, easily a playoff team this year. Yeah, I think so. I think they could. I mean, you look at the 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 time they had with the Hurricanes; they couldn't really they got swept by the Hurricanes. They couldn't. They had a tough time in the bubble with that. But I think that was also because they didn't really have the right pieces um, in mindset. They didn't. They didn't. The defense struggled a little bit, and they really struggled against. Uh, Carolina and uh, really, you know, the Carolina's attack, it was really hard for the Rangers to come by. And that was one of the things that I really noticed right off the bat. You had guys like uh, Svechnikov and Sebastian Ajo and uh, Justin Williams really stepping up. The Brady Shea, former Ranger, was was playing well with the Hurricanes. Uh, Jordan Stahl and uh, Tuvu uh, Teravainen, who I really like a lot. He had a very good series. But, uh, you know, that was very interesting series. I didn't really expect them to get where they got, but they got in the playoffs because of that extended uh, uh, spots for because of uh, COVID-19. Yeah, I remember watching those games, too, uh, going into it. Everyone everyone was just, like, saying, you know, we were undefeated against them in the, the regular season this year, and everyone was like, oh, this is going to be – this is just going to be a repeat of what happened, and the exact opposite happened. Uh, I think a big reason why, and another reason why they might have bought out Henrik this year was just because of how he played. Um I mean, a couple of those goals weren't on him. There were a couple like that deflected off a skate, which I mean, it's just not a goalie's fault. You can't predict that. But other than that, you know, five goals given up almost every game. You know, a couple games there, um, and the offense really wasn't clicking either. If I'm being honest, so, um, but um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like the Rangers they they'll, they'll be they'll be a pretty good team in the next coming next couple of years here. 
Yeah, I think the big difference, I mean, like I said before, the Devils and Rangers are in similar positions. But the big difference is the Rangers, I feel like, are a year or two ahead of them. So I think that the Rangers are going to be a pretty solid team next year, and I think the Devils are going to have some catching up to do. But I expect both teams to take a bit of a leap, especially on the offensive side next year. Yeah, I think so. And I think with the Devils, too, you got to find it, figure out a way to how to get this chemistry between Jack Hughes and Nico Heashier and a lot of the younger guys. And I think that's what the, we're going to see um, a lot more happen this season. I think it's going to progress uh, in the right direction with that. But then again, you know, Devils need a lot of pieces. We'll see if they can bring in some veteran presence. You kind of need that at the end of the day. I mean, Kyle Plummeri is a good start. You know, he's a guy who can get you 20 goals, 20-plus goals a season. But we'll really see what happens because there's just so much – you know, there were, there was a lot of potential for them going into last season, right? And now, the, you know, Corey Schneider's probably gone. He was between the uh, American Hockey League and the minors and the NHL. You know, I could see him definitely see him getting shipped. Um, you know, I think Mackenzie Blackwood's the future, you know, the young guy. You know, he was sixth or seventh for um, in the Calder Trophy uh, ranking. He actually cracked it. You know, he didn't have a bad year statistically, but he just didn't get enough goal support as well. Like, what was your take on that, Chris, with Mackenzie Blackwood? Do you think he could become something? I think, look, I think for at least in the short term, they should stick with Mackenzie Blackwood. Uh, I was talking about uh, some people suggesting that the Devils should draft Askarov. I think that would be a terrible mistake. I think so, too. Uh, two reasons. One, I think that he shows himself to be at least a top 20 starter in the NHL. Like, I think he's a quality starter. I'm not saying he's going to be a star. I'm not saying he's, like, going to backstop you single-handedly to a Stanley Cup run. But for what the Devils are trying to accomplish now— and especially when you have uh, Corey Schneider's contract uh, still on with you for, I think it's the next two years, if I'm not mistaken, um, then you're definitely going to want to really, you know, stick with what you've got right now. I think he's good enough for what the Devils are trying to do in the short term. Um, I don't know if he's the guy long term, but I don't think, you know, the Devils have so many areas to build upon and improve upon. You know, every position other than center is very much in the air long-term for the New Jersey Devils. So I think they should focus on building a team. And then if they decide they want to acquire an upgrade at goaltender, if they don't think Blackwood's a guy in two years, you know, then go at it. But I think that to try and find the perfect goaltender when you have so much broken around you, you're just setting yourself up for another Corey Schneider situation. And I think the Devils should just stay away from that. Yeah, I think so. The Senators just selected uh, Tim Stetzel with the third pick, a senator from Germany. Um, they got this pick from the uh, Eric Carlson trade with the San Jose Sharks, uh, which was a couple two, a couple years ago. He's the uh, number one ranked European skater, so they definitely need to replenish their talent pool with the Senators. You know, they lost a lot of players. Um, they don't really have much talent to begin with, and you know now they have their franchise, potentially their franchise guy, really, in uh, Tim Stetzel. I mean, we'll see with what he can bring uh, with the to the Senators. Uh, next up would be the Detroit Red Wings. The Devils set to pick in three uh, picks. Senators have another fifth rounder, then the Ducks, then the Devils. The Devils also still have their 18th and 20th uh, overall picks. The Rangers also have a 22nd uh, overall pick as well. The Islanders do not have a first rounder, which is uh, interesting. Uh, they don't. The Flyers do. They have a 23rd pick. But the Isles don't, so uh, just Devils and the Rangers from the New Jersey, New York local teams. I mean, I thought the Devils might package that pick, try and get a prospect or a, a mid-level signing, but uh, they haven't done much, and they still have the 18th and 20th pick. So it'll be interesting to see how the 
Tom Fitzgerald, the GM, assess uh, their needs. I mean, I don't know who would fall to that level, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's a bit early in the process to really speculate on that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, we'll see. They got the pick 20th from Vancouver. The 18th was from the Taylor Hall package. Uh, the 18th overall from the Coyotes. Taylor Hall is also uh, allegedly supposed to be, supposedly supposed to be on the move uh, as well. But we will take a... Has he been linked with anybody yet? I, you know what? I think he has been linked with... I could see Chicago. I think Chicago would be a perfect fit for Taylor Hall. Yeah. And we are back here, final 15 minutes or so on the crew. Jake Schmid, Dylan Allen, Chris Sakonis. And it, we just talked a little bit NHL draft. And you know what? I'm Chris. I think I'm feeling rapid fire. What about you? We have a little bit, 15 minutes or so to talk about it. I think we uh, we can yeah, get through sure. a more lengthier uh, discussion. To do. Yeah, I think yeah, we could. Yeah, sure. Not sure? I said, I'm, I said, sure, let's do it. Oh, they said not sure. And I was like, gonna... nope, okay. nope. Sounds good. All right, so the Houston Astros pushed the Athletics to the brink with a game two victory. They won five uh, two. <laughs> Can we just talk about this for a little bit? The Astros and like, I saw I think on Twitter about how their players were like, "Yeah, everybody hates us right now, but we're using that as motivation or something like that." Like, there's a reason why everyone hates you. Yeah, that's just idiotic. I, I mean, I I don't. I feel like Carlos Correa. He's just so annoying. I don't, I don't know if it's just me. He, he comes out on interviews, and he's just like, you know, he's talking as if they didn't cheat. That's just idiotic. And I'm just I'm sitting there. Yeah. I'm going, you're just going to sit there and just say to the whole baseball world that we, we're not right, and you guys didn't cheat, and that we shouldn't hate you because you cheated. You know what I mean? Like, I, Carlos Correa has slowly become one of my least favorite players in all of baseball, along with Jose Altuve. Yeah, I mean, like, look, all these pro athletes, doesn't matter what sport they're in or whatever, they all have, like, some level of uh, coaching in terms of how to interact with the media. And you would hope that someone in the Astros organization would have the common sense to say, hey, maybe don't bring up the cheating thing every available opportunity and don't draw attention to the fact that no one likes you when we already know that they don't like the smart thing from a PR perspective would be to just, you know, lay low and hope for it to blow over, but they just keep drawing attention to it. Like put aside how unlikable it makes them. Like, it's just not smart. Yeah. He's, he's using it as a way to like kind of pump up the squad. You know, every, everyone's counting us out cause you know, we cheated and they don't think we have the talent. They're, they're, they're just using it as a way to kind of, I don't know, propel themselves to be the team that they, you know, they always looked like up until, you know, we found out they started cheating. Um, but as far as the Oakland series goes with them, I, I'm very surprised because I thought outside of, um, you know, Houston's lineup, they really didn't have much pitching going. You know, Verlander out for the year. They lost Cole. Their bullpen, you know, Ozuna's out for the year. Um, they, 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 In my view, they really didn't have that many pitching options. And, you know, when even when they played the Twins, they barely they barely gave up any runs to them either, and it seems like the pitching is is starting to click out of nowhere. Um, 
And I just feel like Oakland, if they had Matt Chapman, this series would be totally different. I think the thing with the Astros is that, you know, they're kind of using it, as you talked about, you know, with internal motivation. But you can't do that if you're, like, cheating. Like, in their minds, they're like, oh, we apologize for it. We've moved on. But I don't think that baseball has really moved on from that because, you know, the Yankees were affected by that. So many teams they played were affected by that. It wasn't just the one team they played in the fine, in the World Series. It was so many teams, like six or seven or eight teams. So those teams, you know, if they didn't cheat, you know, who knows what the outcome could have been, too, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's spot on. Uh, I think the baseball fans wouldn't be as angry as they are now if the commissioner just handled it correctly, Rob Manfred. I feel like he he it was a slap on the wrist punishment. It was. I, I feel like, you know, taking away draft picks in baseball, that's like, okay, you took away you took away a guy that's going to be in the minors for four years. What what effect does that have on the team now? There's it, so many it, rounds. Zero too. effect. There's thirty something rounds, or there's even, probably even more, but th- there, there's no effect there. And then you fine everyone in the upper management, but you don't suspend or fine any of the players that actually did the cheating, which was mind-boggling. And then, you know, when Joe Kelly goes out there and taunts a little bit, he gets suspended eight games. You know what I mean? And he just taunted as opposed to cheating the game and winning a World Series or something. You know what I mean? So I feel like if if Manfred handled that better, this would have blown over a while ago. I, I It's just I feel like everyone just feels like they uh, they they got out they got out clean out of a, a bad situation. Yeah, so right now they're saying that uh, Goran Dragic will not play in Game 4 of the Finals, according to Shams uh, Charania, uh, the uh, analyst for the uh, Athletic and Stadium, that he is out. He attempted to play on his uh, – well, he attempted to play on his injury. He warmed up pregame, but he did not play. He will not play uh, in this game. You know, Are we still feeling the same uh, way that we felt earlier in the show, or what are the thoughts right now? I mean, I still think – you know, with Bam coming back, if he can play anything like he was able to in that Celtics series, uh, I feel like just his presence down there, getting rebounds uh, over a guy like Anthony Davis, and, you know, maybe getting two or three blocks a game um, and getting those rebounds to pass out to guys like Duncan Robinson and, you know, Hero, I feel like all those second-chance opportunities for the Heat, I feel like that might be the, the deciding factor of why they might win tonight. Chris, what do you think? Uh, what, what were you talking about? The Dragic is out. He's not going to play today. Yeah, that wasn't. Um, yeah, I didn't think that was very likely. I mean, I appreciate him like trying to tough it out, but I mean, if you can't even make it through warmups, obviously it's not going to work out. I think he should just rest up. I think this game's going six. Or, this series is going six or seven games anyway. So, you know, I think that they're going to be. Uh, in a position down the stretch for him to potentially contribute. But I think uh, trying to come back too early just wouldn't be smart. And I think, like I said before, I think their backcourt depth is good enough that uh, they're not necessarily in a position where they have to rush him back. Like, I think they'll be fine with Bam. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I I really think that's that's how it's going to work out. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Exactly. uh, Some NHL... uh, the NHL draft still going on. The Devils are very close to picking right now. Um, just trying to pull it up here. The Rangers did get Lafreniere and the uh, Senators pick, uh, picked Stetzel. The Red Wings just picked up uh, Lucas Raymond. They drafted him fourth. The Devils are third. They're uh, on double deck uh, coming up. It'll be Senators, Ducks, then the Devils uh, in the NHL draft. Just a little bit of an update uh, there. Uh, there were some words exchanged between the Marlins and the Braves after today's game where the Braves won and 
Uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. was apologizing to nobody, he said, after the he was exchanging some words with the uh, Braves and Marlins. He, um, he was upset after the Marlins right-hander uh, Sandy Alcantara uh, hit him with a pitch in the third inning. He had a leadoff home run in the first, and there was some temper flaring with the uh, superstar. He was fired up. He hit an opposite field deck in top of the first, and then... Uh, you know, he insisted he didn't intentionally hit Acuna Alcantara, but he added, if he's ready to fight, I'm ready to fight too, you know. Do we see this potential tension uh, escalating uh, in the next game? Uh, I mean, if Acuna leads off with another home run in game two, I could see I could see him just, you know, going out there, just showing off maybe a little bat flip for, you know, Marlon's dugout. But uh, let's be honest, that was probably intentional. The, the, the at-bat right after he hits a... A home run, Oppo Taco, upper deck. upper deck, opposite field. You you go out there and hit him, and you're gonna say that's not on purpose. I I mean, listen, you can say what you want, but I think that was that was pretty intentional. But I haven't seen the pitch, so maybe you know if it was like a curveball that got away from him, that's different. But I'm just assuming it was a fastball that was like right at him. Yeah, and he just tweeted three minutes ago. He's like, they have to hit me because they don't get me out with the shushing emoji. That's an interesting tweet for him to say. It's like trending right now. <laughs> That's well, what he said. Well, I guess you know it's all about the uh, the culture there. I mean, he's got to get he's got to get the rallies fired up too. The, he's got to get the troops fired up too. His his own team. Um, and listen, in division rivals, I guess you could say like they. I think any team that plays an in division squad has some kind of beef, um, just because you play them so often. You kind of you kind of get sick and tired of seeing guys like Acuna hit hit far home runs off of you, so you're just kind of tired of it, I guess. Yeah, in about uh, 20 or so minutes, the Yankees will have their first pitch against the Rays. They're up one nothing in that series. It'll be uh, Debbie Garcia against Tyler Glasnow. You know, as a Yankee fan, what are you really expecting from that series? Uh, well, let's be... I'm going to be honest. Um, going into Game 1, I was sure that we were going to win Game 1 just because from what, I've, from what I saw from Cole from Game 1 against the Indians last week... Um, and our offense, too, against Bieber, I thought for sure our offense wouldn't have a problem against Snell. Um, even looking at the numbers, like guys like uh, Judge was batting, I looked it up, he was batting .063. That's his career average against Snell, and he and he had a home run off of him last night. So I feel like the only issue we're going to have tonight is if Davey Garcia can pitch, I think we'll have a great shot, even though they have Glass now pitching tonight. Um I feel like if we were able to do that again against Snell, we have a very good chance tonight against Glass now. Um, and, you know, we didn't use Chapman at all yesterday because, you know, Stanton with that grand slam in the ninth. Uh, so we still have him tonight, which I'm assuming it'll be a much closer, it'll be a close game again, you know, considering Davey keeps, uh, he pitches well and our offense gets some runs here and there. You know, if we have Chapman coming in the ninth to get the second win, that'd be, that'd be huge. Yeah, it would be, but, you know, Let's think about it. the Rays. Aren't they the top seed right now in the AL? Oh yeah. They are. How did that happen? So, so uh, in the ten games they played the Yankees this year, they went eight and two in the regular season, um, and their offense was really good this year too. Uh, just you know, they're like a scrappy team that you just don't want to play because they view themselves as like the underdogs every year. Like everyone's counting them out. You know, they have a very low cap, or I mean, you know, they have very low. Um, pay this year for you know their salaries you know their their highest paid players g-man Choi at eight 
$850,000. Really? Yeah. They, That's their highest paid guy. I believe so. Wow. And so, you know, you look at a team like the Yankees who, you know, you're paying Stanton 20-something mil a year for him to play six games in the season. You know, they're kind of making a mockery out of it. And, you know, they're kind of just like, we can we can play with the big boys and we don't have to pay all this money. You know, we could do it with our little team. We don't need stars. We just need, you know, good guys all around and good pitching. And, you know, they have one of the best bullpens too. Um so I, I, they just had a very good year all around. Um, they also did play the majority of the games that they played against us this year. They, the Yankees were like on kind of a, a slump. They were like five and nineteen in a twenty-three really? game span. Yeah, and wow. I believe they played the Rays four or five times or something, six times maybe within that. So uh, I feel like they're playing a ho- a totally different Yankee team right now. Um, and especially what we saw against the Indians in that series offensively, it gave me a lot of promise for what for what's to come. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, you kind of get the this feeling that the Rays, you know, they were in the cellar for a long time, and they've really kind of uh, overcame that. Um, I want to start over the Padres-Dodgers uh, tonight, which is later. The Padres, you know, 37-23. and 23. They finished second in the West, and now they're playing the Dodgers, who they know so well. The Dodgers, 43-17. and 17. You know, what do you make of that series, too, tonight? Uh, who's pitching for the Dodgers? Do you know tonight? Is it Kershaw? Yeah, it's uh, Walker Bueller, I think. Walker Bueller, okay. Um, and who's pitching for the Padres? Do you know? I don't think they announced a pitcher uh, today. Okay. I don't, we're still I, waiting. It's either going to be uh, Clevenger, Lament. They're waiting on their status. before It, it will be Mike Clevenger uh, to, for game one. It is confirmed. Uh, he had an arm injury recovery, too, so that'll be interesting after okay. that injury. Well, that makes it a lot. Draft update for you guys. All right. Let's hear it. Let's hear um, it. Drysdale and Sanderson are both off the board. Um, really? Sanderson went to Ottawa, and Drysdale was just picked by Anaheim. Oh. So Devils miss out on both of them. So now it they're looks up like they're right probably going to go forward. Yeah, I think they're going to get Rossi. Uh, I don't see them going goal. Sorry to cut you off there, Dylan. But, no, you're um, good. Just thought I'd drop that before we got off the air because I don't think the Devils are going to pick before we sign off. Yeah. Yeah, we can go back back to the Padres though. What were you? What are your thoughts about that series? So I was gonna say it's interesting because, you know, Clevenger he's a great pitcher, but with this you know arm injury he's dealing with, who knows how well he's gonna pitch? And you know that Dodgers that Dodgers lineup is you know arguably one of the best in baseball. You know you got Mookie Betts leading off, and then you got Bellinger and and uh, Max Muncie, Justin Turner. I mean that whole lineup is stacked. Um, so it's gonna be very interesting to see, um, and especially. What I want to look at the most is how the Padres' offense does. Yeah. Because if they they come out swinging and they actually do pretty well against Bueller, I will have no doubts, you know, for games against Kershaw or anything like that. But if they come out and, you know, Bueller throws like 12 Ks and, you know, only gives up like three hits and maybe one run or something, then that might be something to worry about because, uh, you know, Dodgers have a very good rotation as well with, you know, uh, Clayton Kershaw and uh, guys like that, so... It'll be very interesting to see tonight. I uh, I was a big fan of Tatis during the regular season. He was very interesting to watch. I just want to see the Dodgers get a World Series just the way that they've been playing because they have this just a built team with, you know, Clayton Kershaw, you know, who long, who knows how long he's going to keep doing his thing for with all the injuries he's had. Justin Turner making a name for himself after the Mets. That's amazing. You know, I I love watching him with the Mets, and I love seeing what he's doing with L.A. Um you know they got a lot of they got a very well-rounded team. Do you think they have the power to get to the World Series? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I believe if the Yankees lose against the Rays in this series, I believe that they will win the World Series, the, the Dodgers, because I just feel like even if they played the Rays in the World Series, or even the Astros, like I said, the Astros don't have the pitching. Um, and I the Rays do, but their offense, again, it's like there's no superstar in that lineup that can get you over that hump if you needed them to. Uh, so I, I feel like the only teams remaining that could have a good chance against the Dodgers in the World Series are the Yankees. That's that's my honest opinion. Just because of the if you if you account the playoff experience. Now I know the Astros have had a lot, but again, I think their lack of pitching will come back to bite them soon enough. But um I don't know, I just feel like this year especially with the shortened season uh and the way that the playoffs were uh seeded and stuff, I just feel like this is the Dodgers year if the Yankees were to not advance. Well, we will end our show there. A lot of good stuff we talked about. The NBA playoffs, the NHL draft going on right now. Couldn't get to the Devils pick right away. We'll have to cut off there. But for Chris Akonis and Dylan Allen, I'm Jake Schmid saying so long.